The reading this morning is taken from Mark chapter 4. On that day when the evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat onto the boat, into the boat, and so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you, dear friends in Christ. A few years ago, I participated in a CPR class. I wanted to update my knowledge of what to do if someone went unconscious or had no pulse. I enjoyed the opportunity to practice giving compressions on a dummy and to learn the process of what was most helpful in those kinds of difficult situations. I was surprised to learn, however, that in this day and age of cell phones, the first step one should take if someone is collapsed or unconscious is to call 911. Getting help there quickly as possible makes a huge difference. And so before even attending to compressions, we're told to call for help. Now, of course, whenever I see a television show and something like that's going on, it's just in this automatic brain of mine, call 911, call 911. Now, the main reason I took this class was because a wonderful member of my congregation at the time named Janet was passionate that everyone learned the skills of CPR. And that's because several months earlier, she had collapsed at the dinner table. She was not breathing and was unconscious. But fortunately, her husband had been trained in CPR. So he immediately said to their son, call 911, and then was able to attend to Janet. Her son and her husband were calm. They started compressions, they made the phone call, and they relied on their training, on the skills they had learned. And then when the rescue team came and took over, they were also calm and professional and gave her good care. You'll be glad to know Janet came through the ordeal just fine, but she realized it's important for us to have tools that we can cope in difficult, scary situations so we don't panic. 
She firmly believes if her husband had not been calm, followed the instructions, and taken care of her as she did, she might not be here today. Now, there are a number of situations when we can panic, and storms are certainly one of them. Storms are scary and dark and loud and full of uncertainty, and often there is damage after a storm, and so as human beings, we get afraid. Jesus and his disciples are in a boat on the Sea of Galilee when a huge storm arises. Now, perhaps you've seen photos of the wooden boats used about 2,000 years ago. They're, they're fairly strong, but they don't have a lot of navigating possibilities. They have cloth sails. And if you've ever been on a sailboat, you know, these days we usually have a motor as a backup. No such thing for the disciples. And so when the weather gets bad and the waves are very high and crashing, it is scary. You can imagine perhaps the movie Perfect Storm and those big waves and all of these kinds of things happening. And you can imagine for a moment being in the boat with those disciples and Jesus. And he's asleep on a cushion, no less, through the storm. And so what do the disciples do? They see Jesus asleep, they see the storm, and they panic. Teacher, they say, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? Do you not care? They come to the conclusion that somehow Jesus does not care. Perhaps we've done the same thing, haven't we? When the fear arises, when the panic comes, when storms brew up, we wonder, does God not care? I think what happens in the disciples' body and brain is they are panicking and going into what's called their lizard brain. I'm sure you've heard of this, the amygdala, that when something scary and difficult happens, this amygdala turns on and its only response is fight, flight, or freeze. Fight, flight, or freeze. It's this automatic brain response. And there's something else connected to that amygdala that I've been reading about, and it's called our vagus nerve. So this response goes on in our brain, but this vagus nerve connects to it, and it actually impacts our body. The vagus nerve connects to the brain stem, not to our thinking brain. Now, this nerve goes through our body and makes our stomach clench, you've had that feeling, makes our heart race, makes our muscles tighten when we experience situations of fear or panic. Resma Menachem, it's a book called My Grandmother's Hands, Racialized Trauma and the Pathway to Mending Our Hearts and Bodies. He calls the vagus nerve actually the soul nerve. 
Let me, let me read from what he has to say about this nerve and how it works. When your body feels relaxed, open, settled, and in sync with other bodies, that's your vagus nerve, your soul nerve functioning. When it feels energized, vibrant, and full of life, that's your soul nerve. And also when it feels tight and constricted and self-protective, that's your soul nerve too. And whenever you have fight, flight, or freeze responses that involve, that involves your soul nerve as well. In fact, one of the main purposes of your soul nerve is to receive fight, flee, or freeze messages from your lizard brain and spread them to the rest of your body. Now another purpose is exactly the opposite. To receive and spread the message that it's okay. You are safe. And you can relax. I think we can all relate to that feeling of being unsettled and our soul nerve going off in response to scary situations. I think most vividly of going to the grocery store early on in the pandemic. My entire body would tense up. My breathing got short. My stomach churned and I worried. People would like grab things and I would go ah! and flinch. That was my unconscious soul nerve responding to my lizard brain fears. And now we sometimes have that as we open back up because we're wondering what actually is safe. What can we do? And we're trying to feel our way through that. But we have this sort of low-grade nerve reaction going on in our bodies. Now, it's very easy to get trapped in the feeling of fear, whether it's that low-grade one or that strong one. And as with the disciples on that boat, I think our emotions and our soul nerve can respond in a way that erodes our trust and confidence in God's promises of peace and safety because of God's great love and grace that exists every day, everywhere in our lives. We can forget that God is with us. And the disciples certainly did on that boat. And so what does Jesus do in the face of being accused that you don't care about us, teacher? Jesus awakes, he stands up, and in the midst of the foaming, roiling sea, he says, peace, be still. Peace, be still. He demonstrates God's great power to calm, to give peace, to stop waves, to quiet storms. He shows us God's ability to overcome. O Savior, whose almighty word the winds and waves submissive heard and bade the mighty ocean deep its own appointed limits keep.
That's what we sang this morning, and that's the power that came from Jesus' hands to calm, to still, to let the disciples breathe and realize Jesus was right there with them. Friends, Jesus invites us into a deep calm in the midst of roiling seas. And Jesus reminds us to be still. Resma, in his book, would call this to have a settled body. A settled body. And one of the reasons I like this book is because he offers many ways that we can calm our vagus nerve, our soul nerve, because to settle our bodies, to be open to God's spirit, does take some training and work. There are some practices we can use, and I'm sure you've thought about them or heard about them or read about them. There's been so much written in this time of pandemic. But I want to remind you of my friend Janet and her husband and how she believed that it was his training that saved her life. And we can train ourselves to be more still and be more settled, and there's no perfection in it. It just comes in bits and pieces. And it starts with being aware that our lizard brain can respond in our entire bodies, and that that gets in the way from remembering that if Jesus even appears to be asleep, he's still in the boat with us. So how do we learn a little bit from this vagus nerve work, this soul nerve work? How do we find some tools? Breathing helps, praying helps, singing helps, worshiping helps, leaning on others, reading the promises of God over and over, and practicing slowing down can help us remember the power of God to still our hearts and minds and to still storms. As I was reading this book, again, I recommend it. It really helps uh, us understand how our brain also contributes to bias and racism and racial equity. But as I was reading it yesterday and thinking about this sermon, I had this little bookmark These are these magnetic bookmarks. And I I couldn't believe this. My bookmark said, be still. Be still. It's from Psalm 46. So I'm going to invite you this morning to practice a moment of stillness with the words of Psalm 46. Just take a moment. Take a breath. A nice deep one. Be still and know that I am God. Breathe into those words this morning. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still.
be. Friends, Jesus stood up and said, Peace, be still. And the disciples were filled with great awe. They proclaimed, Who is this that even the wind and rain obey him? And they were calm. And they were convinced that Jesus came to bring them the love and greatness of God. That Jesus came to demonstrate God's magnificent power to calm our hearts and give us great peace in the midst of storms. And today we get to hear that story and remember those words of scripture so we may be still and know God is with us. So we may teach our brains and our bodies to trust in God so we may live in love and care for one another as Jesus teaches us. As you remember the story of the disciples on the boat, of Jesus' words of peace be still, may you also remember that as Professor Michael Chan says, in our lives these days, we do not sail the waters and storms alone. For the one that Jesus who stills the storm is always with us in the boat. Amen.